This is Friday, December 1st. What gives you joy? What most brightens your day? This past year, Tropical Storm Hillary struck Southern California, and it left water in Death Valley National Park that hasn't been seen for decades. An ancient lake left dry for many years once again had water, and the result was a transformation of the desert into a place of life. The Badwater Basin, as it's called, is the lowest place on the North American continent, almost 300 feet below sea level. It has been bone dry for what seems like forever. With its salt deposit, it seemed lifeless. And there is a reason why it's called Death Valley. But all of that changed with the immense rains from the storm. There are times in Death Valley when rain brings about amazing flower blooms. Yes, there's an exuberance that springs forth in the desert. And this is the story that is told by the prophet Isaiah in one of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture. Here's our reading for today from Isaiah chapter 35, verse 1 to 2. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Now, the prophet Isaiah uses this metaphor of the desert being transformed into a flower garden. He talks about a time that is coming when the wilderness will rejoice. That's, and it, what exactly is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the time when God will gather and return his people to himself. They will come home. The psalm ends with these words. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. That's verse 10. Yes, this entire prophecy is about restoring joy, the joy that God has for us. It begins with a surprise of flowers bursting forth in the desert. It tells about God's grace bringing life where there is none, life in the valley of the shadow of death. It's also filled with surprise. Now, the reason the Lord gave this word to Isaiah is that the people of Judah had been surrounded on every side with enemies. You see, during the reign of King David and his son Solomon, the nation expanded its borders and enjoyed success on every side. But in the years that followed, the nation became divided, and then it floundered. They were no longer prosperous or secure. But God had not forgotten his promises to his people. Isaiah's prophecy reports the news about what is coming. He announces the day when God's people will return victorious to the holy city. They are overcome with joy. Here's how the text goes. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool the thirsty ground, bubbling springs. That's Isaiah 35, verse 5 to 7. 
Now notice that Isaiah is talking to us about the most disadvantaged. He talks, he talks about those who cannot hear, who cannot speak, who cannot walk. And here their handicaps will be removed. It will be, as he says, streams coming in the desert. They will rejoice. What he's trying to tell us is that no one will be left out, even those we might consider beyond joy. These words were not only for God's ancient people, they were also for us. How do we know this? Well, a unique feature of Isaiah's prophecy is that God seemed to give Isaiah bifocal lenses to see into the future. He sees a restoration coming soon, but then he sees an even more full and complete restoration coming later, the ultimate redemption of humankind. This word does not tell the people to get themselves ready so that God might come to them then in fullness. It's all about God's redeeming love to a people to come. At one point, Isaiah even adds this refrain, he will come and save you. Yes, God will do it. This is not something we can do for ourselves. It's a gift of God. I remember years ago, a young woman who grew up in the Jewish faith was given a copy of the New Testament to read. In the process of reading the book of Matthew, she discovered Jesus to be the Messiah the Jewish people had long been waiting for, and joy was born in her. She could see how the promises of God that he had given to her people were fulfilled in Jesus. It was an epiphany, an awakening to the truth. Everything in her life began to take on new significance. She began to read and understand the Tanakh, that's what the Jewish people called the Old Testament. She'd heard the scriptures. She'd grown up in hearing the word of God, but now everything made sense. God had seemed silent before and unengaged with her life and her people, but now she knew that was not true. The Messiah has come. This is the reason for our celebration. What do we do with Isaiah's prophecy today? Well, first, I think we see that what God promised has begun in Jesus. Even Jesus, at his first sermon, read the words of the prophet Isaiah. Here's Luke chapter 4, and this is when he first preached. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach and to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. Then Jesus said this, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He says, Yes, it's happening right here in me. And this is the cause of our joy. Streams in the desert, a garden in Death Valley. This is why we rejoice at Advent. Let's pray. Lord, you promised to redeem, and you have. Fill us with the joy of discovering your goodness once again. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <music>